Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. My name is Dr. Craig Monk, Provost and Vice President Academic at McEwen University, and I'll be your MC for today's announcement. I'm so pleased to welcome you here, a fitting place, we believe, to talk about important steps being taken to grow our campus and, by extension, develop talent critical to the vibrancy of Edmonton's downtown and to the economic prosperity of our community. It's a topic we're passionate about here at McEwen. Our university is powered by place. This institution is embedded and invested in the city centre, grounded in the history of the old rail yards on which our campus stands, and committed to the role we play in the future of Ward O'Damon. Honouring our place in O'Damon, something stamped throughout our strategic vision, means a great deal to me personally. So, with that, I'd like to begin our time together in a good way by acknowledging that the land on which we gather in Treaty 6 territory is the traditional gathering place for many Indigenous people. We honour and respect the history, languages, ceremonies and culture of the First Nations, Métis and Inuit who call this territory home. The First Peoples' connection to the land teaches us about our inherent responsibility to protect and respect Mother Earth. With this acknowledgement, we honour the ancestors and children who have been buried here, missing and murdered Indigenous women and men, and the process of ongoing collective healing for all human beings. We are reminded that we are all treaty people and of the responsibility we have to one another. I think you'll find that place is a thread that weaves itself through the exciting news we have to share today. We are thrilled to announce that pre-construction work on the University's new School of Business building is complete and that we're on track to get shovels in the ground early in 2024. This, yes, absolutely. Those applause, it wasn't just about the traffic uh, lessening on the back of the building. This beautiful addition to our campus and to Edmonton's skyline is made possible thanks to the government of Alberta's significant financial contribution. On that note, it brings me great pleasure to introduce the Honourable Danielle Smith, MLA, Premier of Alberta. I believe you'd expect me to say more than that. Sworn in as Alberta's 19th Premier on October 11, 2022, she represents the riding of Brooks Medicine Hat. A strong supporter of post-secondary education, Premier Smith holds degrees in both economics and English from the University of Calgary. In my experience, Premier, those disciplines make a powerful co uh, combination. As an institution that uses scholarship to tackle many of the same issues with which the government wrestles, McEwen University is honoured to welcome Premier Smith to our campus today. Premier. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Monk, and good afternoon to everybody. I am pleased to be joined by Raja and Sani, our Minister of Advanced Education. I see my Minister of Children's and Family Services, Cyril Turton, is also here, along with uh, Carolyn Graham, McEwen Board Chair, and Rob Seidel, Campaign Co-Chair, as well as Councillor Ann Stevenson to mark this exciting milestone at McEwen University. It's always exciting to watch major projects like the McEwen School of Business move forward. 
And while there has is still a lot to, to do on the ground, I want to congratulate McEwen for their ongoing work to move from planning and design to construction and eventual opening. For, for those who don't know, and I'm sure you're, most in this room do, McEwen has had a presence in downtown Edmonton since it opened its first campus in 1971. And it grew to include several more facilities in other areas of the city. But once this wonderfully unique city center campus arrived in the 1990s, McEwen's leadership made what I think is a very wise decision to make downtown Edmonton McEwen's home. Today, McEwen brings 20,000 people downtown every day. That's a quarter of Edmonton's daytime downtown population. McEwen's students, faculty, and staff interact with the public to create a lively social and cultural ecosystem in the north side of downtown. And of course, McEwen delivers creative, innovative, and high-demand programming that is crucial to developing needed skills and talent in our workforce, which are integral to Alberta's economic future. With enrollment at an all-time high of more than 19,000 students and with a vision to grow to 30,000 students by 2030, this expansion couldn't come at a better time. Earlier this year, Alberta's government announced its investment of $125 million over four years in the new McEwen School of Business. Now, as 2023 comes to a close, the pre-construction phase is complete, and as you just heard, everything is on track for the new School of Business to break ground in 2024. Downtown recovery and revitalization of Edmonton is a priority, and we have made significant investments in safety and security, growing shelter spaces, supporting the Edmonton police, and in their human-centered engagement and liaison partnership teams and other important measures. But just as important as targeted initiatives, uh, as in, uh, targeted initiatives like these is investment in projects that bring people and vitality and energy into downtown Edmonton. It's also incredibly important that we support projects that address the challenges Albertans face as we strive to ensure prosperity for all our citizens. And that's why this investment is so important. This project helps to send the message that Alberta isn't just open Open for business, it is by far the best place to study and create and do business. This new facility will provide vital resources of talent and vision that will allow Alberta job creators to grow our economy. And I know that through our partnership with the McEwen, as well as with all of our post-secondary institutions, we will continue building a strong future for Albertans, one that includes a strong Edmonton and capital region. I'm looking forward to seeing the ongoing progress on the new School of Business and how it helps to reinvigorate downtown Edmonton, the city and the capital region as a whole. Thank you so much, and you'll hear from my minister as well. Thank you, Premier. I'd now like to welcome the Honorable Rajan Sani, MLA, Minister of Advanced Education. Sworn in as Minister of Advanced Education on June 9th, 2023, she previously served as the Minister of Trade, Immigration and Multiculturalism, the Minister of Transportation, and the Minister of Community and Social Services. First elected in 2019, Minister Sani has served as the member for Calgary Northwest since May 2023. She is a University of Calgary alumni where she uh, earned a degree in economics and political science as well as an MBA. Those are some great academic disciplines as well, Minister. Uh, Minister Sani is dedicated to growing post-secondary participation in Alberta and building the province's future workforce. Welcome to McEwen University, Minister.
Wow, what an introduction. Thank you so much for that. Thank you, Premier, for your leadership and being such a great and strong champion for this project. It is such a pleasure to be here at McEwen today in the heart of Edmonton's downtown. As Premier Smith mentioned, McEwen University has been a major presence in downtown Edmonton for a good portion of its 50 plus years. McEwen is not just a significant economic driver in Edmonton. It's a powerful symbol of the vitality and importance of our post-secondary education system for the whole province. Alberta's government wants to see our economy grow, diversify, and fulfill its amazing potential for the benefit of all Albertans. That is why we are committed to investing in our post-secondary programs and spaces. Our government's contribution to the new School of Business, alongside the fundraising efforts of the McEwen Means Business campaign, represents a critical investment in Alberta's talent development. We are investing in the skills our province needs to support economic growth and prosperity. Like McEwen, we realize that if we want to increase student opportunities, spark creativity and innovation, and foster entrepreneurial energy, we need spaces that inspire more students and inspire students more. I will let the experts speak about the details of the building, which is portrayed behind us here. But from my standpoint, I can see that the new McEwen School of Business will not just meet the need for more learning space, it will create a learning environment that truly nurtures excellence. By investing in the new School of Business, we're helping McEwen to build Alberta's prosperity for the next generation. Thank you, McEwen's board, administration, and faculty, and of course, the students, and the fundraising cabinet, donors, business leaders, and community representatives for sharing your enthusiasm and vision with us today and for being here today. And thank you again to McEwen students, the lifeblood of this institution, for the inspiration you provide every day and the promise you offer to the future of our province. Thank you once again to everybody for being here today. Thank you, Minister Sawney. We're grateful for the government's support of McEwen and our new building. This support recognizes the impact that McEwen has on the province, the capital region, and downtown Edmonton. $5 million of capital funding this fiscal year is greatly appreciated. Our project is shovel-ready. I'd now like to introduce Ann Stevenson of Ward O'Damon, Councillor with the City of Edmonton. Welcome back to McEwen University, Councillor. Hello and good afternoon. Uh, my name is Ann Stevenson. I have the honour of representing Ward O'Damon on Edmonton City Council. And I'm delighted to be joined today uh, by my colleague, Councillor Tim Cartmel. And on behalf of Mayor Sohi and all of my colleagues, uh, so happy to be here to, to share in this special day. McEwen is a huge part of the heart of our city. Nearly The nearly 20,000 current students that adds so much vibrancy and culture to our downtown, and it's thrilling to picture another 10,000 joining by 2030. The new School of Business building is a huge part of that effort and attracting and retaining talent and vibrancy in our core. I'm so grateful to the province for this investment in the heart of our city and for all the other support you've provided to support Edmonton's downtown rebound. 
I'm also so grateful for McEwen staff, the board, uh, volunteers, fundraiser, donors, everyone who's making this possible. Um, this will have a profound and lasting impact, not only on the downtown, but our city as a whole. So thank you again and congratulations. Thank you, Councillor Stevenson. Hearing from our elected officials today about the importance of McEwen to the province and the city reinforces how special is McEwen University and the critical role it plays. I know that Carolyn Graham, chair of McEwen's Board of Governors, is deeply committed to ensuring that we reach our full potential in delivering on this critical role. Now in her second term as McEwen University's board chair, she has overseen incredible milestones for the institution, including installing its first chancellor, Dr. Tony Fields, and approving our strategic vision, teaching greatness. I'd like to welcome our board chair to the podium. Thank you, Dr. Monk, and good afternoon, everyone. My deepest gratitude to Premier Smith, Minister Sani, Councillor Stevenson, and each of you in the room for joining us today. I can't tell you how meaningful it is to look out and see business leaders, community leaders, students, alumni, faculty, staff, and representatives of government who join us today. Seeing all of you together reinforces McEwen's unique position in the center of downtown in bringing business and academia together with our city and our province. As Alberta's premier undergraduate university, we are laser focused on teaching greatness. We're committed to creating the opportunities and conditions necessary for our province's young professionals, leaders, innovators, and visionaries to succeed. We focus on being great educators so that our graduates can be great community leaders. Growing the number of students we educate is critical to serving the capital region. Enrollment at McEwen, as you've heard, is at an all-time high, 19,200 students this year with a target to reach 30,000 students by 2030. We're growing because we strike a perfect balance. McEwen is big enough to offer a range of in-demand programs and a wealth of work integrated learning and student research experiences to prepare our grads to be future ready. We're also small enough to really get to know our students. Our faculty make connections that inspire students and even change the course of their academic careers and lives. We believe that education should be transformative, and at McEwen, it is. That's why more and more students are choosing McEwen. We know we need to be creative to meet this growing demand, so we're offering more courses year-round and expanding options for hybrid learning. This meets the needs of students and is efficient. As board chair, I'm proud that McEwen has a strong value proposition with small class sizes and one of the lowest costs per student in the province. But even so, our campus is bursting at the seams. And that's why I'm thrilled that you joined us today to hear an update on our new School of Business building. As you've heard, our pre-construction work is complete and construction will begin in the early spring. We look forward to welcoming 7,500 more students to campus when the building opens in 2027. That's 7,500 new students who will join the 20,000 McEwen students, faculty and staff who already come downtown every day. Edmontonians who use transit, eat at downtown restaurants, attend community events, and call downtown home. 
I've personally seen the impact that this institution has on its students. I've seen the difference that McEwen people make in our community, and I wholeheartedly believe in this new building and the opportunities it will create. So much so that my husband and I were proud to make a lead gift to our fundraising campaign. I'm confident that others who hear the McEwen story and see the contributions that this institution will make to our city and province over the coming years will join me in supporting this campaign. None of this would be possible without the general, generous investment of the Government of Alberta, the fundraising efforts of our phenomenal McEwen mean Means Business Campaign Cabinet, and the commitment of community leaders who share our dedication to ensuring this university, this community, this city, and this province continues to thrive. I'd now like to invite Rob Seidel to the podium to provide remarks on behalf of the McEwen Means Business Cabinet, who lead our fundraising efforts for our new School of Business building. Thank you. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy days to be here. It's a pleasure to be here, joined by Premier Smith, Mr. Sawney, uh, Councillor Stevenson, and so many others that are invested in the success of McEwen and our city. Uh, as we have many um, previous board members here, and I'm joined by John Day, my co-chair in the McEwen Means Business campaign. John and I were approached to assist with the, um, the fundraising initiative. Of course, we responded quickly, as everybody who's been associated with McEwen uh, regularly does. We're also joined by uh, many of our cabinet members today, our McEwen Means Business cabinet members, and appreciate uh, their support. I'd like to acknowledge the membership of the cabinet, Enzo Bertello, uh, Lisa Baraldi, Tracy Bernard, Nicole Bork-Boucher, Chad Brennan, Sine Chaddy, Daryl Hollywell, Janet Riopel, Mike Saunders, and Shauna Vogel. Thank you for your contributions. A city's heartbeat is its downtown, and our cabinet and the members of McEwen know full well that McEwen's playing a critical role in the success of not only the education uh, role and responsibility it has, but also building downtown. Edmonton downtown needs a new building, and bringing 7,500 to 10,000 new students will obviously increase and improve the vibrancy of the core, which will help with safety and further investment and support economic growth. Where McEwen's located in the heart of downtown matters. It's the confidence and confluence of all relations. It's a different university and something that is so happily enjoyed and needed in this city. John Haar, McEwen's first president, after whom the library we stand in is named, said that the city is McEwen's campus. Based on McEwen's location and mentality, McEwen's a convener of people. We've heard that. It brings business leaders, community builders, elected officials, students and faculty, and our partners in government together to create new ideas, new leaders, and to address real-world problems. As we look around the room today, we'll see community leaders, business leaders, leading faculty members, and members of all order of government who have joined here today committed to build a brighter future and a more prosperous future. 
as you can imagine, most cities in Canada and around the world would be envious of having a downtown university. We have that in Edmonton, and it's critical to our vibrancy. McEwen, as we know, is shaping our leaders of the future. Graduates who, as the Premier said, will contribute to a bright future and bring promise to not only Edmonton, Alberta, but the entirety of the world. Some of our graduates remain in the mix, to borrow the words of our McEwen president, Annette Trimby. We have a phenomenally high retention rate for graduates of McEwen to continue in the community and to contribute to the prosperity. Building a new school of business that will produce even more of these graduates is only possible because of the leadership of Premier Smith and Minister Sawney. We want to thank them for that. Based on their commitment of $125 million, our McEwen Means Business Cabinet have committed to raising $25 million. Back in April, when we kicked off the campaign with a generous donation from our board chair, Carolyn Graham, thank you, Carolyn, for that. Uh, your dedication and enthusiasm of the cabinet is much appreciated, and we, build, we believe it's contagious. I do want to thank and acknowledge the progress we've made with the generous contributions of the Boucher Group, the Buchanan Family Foundation, Capital Power, Ellis Dawn Construction, Stu Gillespie, Dr. Richard Perlow and his wife, Lori. And we're continuing to be engaged in our efforts to raise funds to complete this project. I know I speak on behalf of our entire McEwen Means Business Cabinet to thank you again as we look forward to the spring groundbreaking of the new building. Thank you so much for being here today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. I'd like to thank Premier Smith, Minister Sawney, Councillor Stevenson, Carolyn Graham, and Robert Seidel, members of our McEwen Means Business Campaign Cabinet, and to all of you for joining us today. It's been my great privilege to have been a professor in Alberta universities for more than 25 years, and a gathering like this one today of friends, old and new, is a real sector highlight. I can't emphasize how much it means to us, to this university, to have the support of government and of the community as we grow. It really is an exciting time to be at McEwen. We like to say that Alberta needs more McEwen. Well, you'll so soon see more of us on the corner of 109 and 105. Thank you, everyone. We'll now begin the media question and answer portion of the announcement. We're running tight on time today. We'll go with one question and follow up, starting off here in the room and then over to the phones. So, Janet, without further ado. Hi, uh, Janet French from CBC. Question for the Premier. Uh, this is the first opportunity we've had to ask you about the Manning panel report since it was mm. released last week. Which of the recommendations that you have not already acted on is your government seriously considering at this point, and why? Well, we're, there's 90 recommendations, and so we have to go through them uh, methodically to be able to, to get uh, to uh, a consensus on which ones we'll move forward on. But you see that they recommended a, a, a variety of changes to a, a, a large number of pieces of legislation. So I, I don't want to prejudge what our cabinet and, and our caucus will come up with, but generally speaking, we have been moving in that direction with the changes that we're making to the Public Health Act so that people know who's accountable in the event of a, a pandemic. It should be the, the cabinet. So we've already made a, an initial change on that. They, they suggest making some, some changes along that vein. And so I wouldn't, don't be surprised that we'll, uh, that we'll be going in that direction. 
Okay, just to follow up today, uh, Liberal MP George Shahal tweeted a letter that apparently came out, uh, was sent to him and several Conservative MPs on the day the report was released from Preston Manning, uh, suggesting that this report be used by the federal Conservatives in their campaigning against the Liberal NDP coalition. So I'm just curious, how do you explain why Alberta taxpayers paid $2 million for this nonpartisan report that the panel chair suggests should be used as a political cudgel? Well, uh, Preston Manning, as I understand it, uh, sent that out from his own personal email. And um, so you can ask him about, about that. But we had given Mr. Manning the latitude to be able to do his own media on it, his uh, make people aware that it was available. And it doesn't surprise me that he wants to see other politicians look at the recommendations, take them seriously, and see if they would act on it. Thank you, Janet. Shayla Anskowski with CTV News here in Edmonton. Uh, first, uh, for the Premier, wondering if you can comment on the recent firing of the Executive Director at the University of Alberta Sexual Assault Servative Centre for endorsing the pro-Palestine open letter, calling into question reports of sexual violence against Israeli citizens. Do you support that dismissal? Yes, I do unequivocally support the uh, University of Alberta in their decision to dismiss the Director. Um, if you're going to believe women, you have to believe all women. And if you're going to be an agency that supports women you need to support all women and so we uh, feel that this decision is goes in the direction of making sure that all women on campus feel like they will be heard when they go to the center because anti-semitism of any kind can't be tolerated and following up on my colleague Janet French's question, um, I understand what you're saying. Manning can speak for himself. Mm -hmm. Preston Manning told me in an interview last week that the board that you appointed was independent of your government. And yet in this email to Conservative MPs, he's garnering support saying that your government needs this to support this report, this initiative from your government. How do you expect Albertans to believe that these recommendations are in fact independent? Well, they, they are independent. Uh, we chose um, Mr. Manning, and I gave him the latitude to choose the other advisors on that committee who would be able to add uh, to their expertise to the recommendations. So there's, uh, there's good information in that report. It, it doesn't surprise me that he would want to see other levels of government. I, I suspect he would probably ask other provinces uh, to consider it too. I, I would like to see that we, we do uh, a look forward to see how all of us can do a better job managing the pandemic. So I'm, I, I have no problem with him taking the, the steps that he did as a, an independent chair of that committee. Hello, Morgan from Global Edmonton, also sticking with the Manning Report topic. Do you think that might influence future efforts to keep things nonpartisan? I know you recognize that he could speak for himself and things like that, but I think when taxpayer dollars are involved, people want to know where things are being used, who's being open to it. Would that influence future reports? Uh, look, Mr. Manning was chosen to lead our effort because... He, ha he, he was very vocal during the, um, the, the lockdowns about some of the ways in which we needed to do a better job of, of balancing the individual rights of, of people, being mindful of what future health harms there might be. And so it, it doesn't surprise me that those who have also expressed those same views would be people he would be reaching out to, to see if they have an interest in the report. So I'm, I'm not concerned. Yeah, I, I believe Mr. Manning did his work and how he does the uh, the circulation of that document to make sure it gets wide hearing, I, I would leave that up to him. He used his personal email to do it. So I think that, that, that there's nothing more to really say on it. And then I have a question for Minister Sani, please. Um, also speaking to the U of A director dismissal, um, why was it important for you to speak out and stand firm on that? 
Well, I think the Premier answered the question really well. And just to provide some additional context, as was mentioned earlier, I used to be the Minister of Community and Social Services, and um, the purview over sexual assault centres was underneath me at that time. And Minister Turton now has purview over those centres. And what I learned during that time is that it's really important to listen to survivors. And survivors need to be able to come to a safe, welcoming, inclusive environment to be able to share their story. And so the university's uh, decision in terms of how they were going to deal with the director, I stand by that. Because again, this is about survivors and for them to have the opportunity to share their story and to seek that extra support. Thank you, Morgan. And we're gonna go to the phones quickly and then come back to the mic if we have time here. Operator, could you put through our first caller, please? Thank you, David Staples, Edmonton Journal. Thanks for taking my call, and congratulations, uh, Grant McEwen University. Uh, I have a question about the, um, the uh, anti-Semitic letter that was signed by the Sex Assault Center. It was also signed by um, Edmonton Pride Center. Is there any investigation by the government into that, into that and any looking at cutting any funding, provincial funding, until action is taken there? Well, I will speak to the post-secondary institutions, and certainly it is not the role of, uh, of the minister to delve into policy and regulations there, but certainly they took the right steps in, uh, dis in dismissing the executive director. In regards to the Pride Centre, we'll have to have some discussions uh, internally, but at this point uh, we haven't broached that topic as of yet. I'm not sure, Premier, if you had anything to add. Only that we know that there were a number of other signatories, professors at the University of Alberta, uh, staff at Alberta Health Services, and you, of course, mentioned the Edmonton Pride Centre. These individuals are accountable to the agencies and boards that oversee them, and uh, we would look to the agencies and boards that oversee them to hold them accountable and to deal with them appropriately. And did you have a follow-up, David? Thanks. Yes. Um, so Edmonton downtown is struggling like a lot of downtowns post-COVID and with, uh, with crime. Um, and I'm just wondering, how big a role can Grant McEwen play in light of this new investment and in, in just ongoing role in terms of helping revitalize and keep downtown going? There's, there's a number of different aspects, I think, to uh, making sure that we have a vibrant downtown. I think Rogers Place and the Ice District especially as well since they're contemplating a second phase of the ICE district, having this many young people downtown, hopefully also living downtown and staying downtown before and after classes to be able to help give the vibrance to the community. The work that we're doing as well with um, Edmonton Police in helping to, to police some of the public disorder, I think that's an important aspect. Finding a new home for, um, for Boyle Street as well, that's, uh, that's also another uh, area that we've been uh, assisting the um, uh, the agencies in doing. So all of these in combination, I think, are going to be helpful. We, we have an underlying problem of a mental health and addiction crisis. And it's part of the approach we're taking with our recovery-oriented system of care to build out uh, 11 recovery communities so that we have a, an alternative place for people to go so they can get the treatment that they need to get back onto an independent life. And so we've got a little bit a little bit more work to do. We only have two of those centers open at the moment, one in Red Deer and one in Lethbridge, but nine more are coming. And we hope that that will also add 
but the the, the work I, I can tell you it uh, we, we hear in Calgary how, how much they want to see something similar in downtown Calgary. So I think that's a testament to uh, what the, the beautiful uh, campus environment that McEwen has created that other cities are looking to emulate it. Thank you, David. And it looks like we have time for just one more question, maybe two. Uh, we'll take one more from the phones here. Operator, could you put through the next caller? Thank you, Rick Bell, Calgary Sun. Uh, good afternoon. A uh, question for the Premier about the provincial pension plan. Obviously not your first question on this issue. Um, a recent poll shows that support is going up for the plan. It went up about six points since April, but it still is 21 points. Uh, the yes side is 21 points uh, lower than the, than the no side. How do you think the uh, acceptance of uh, exiting the Canada Pension Plan is actually going? Well, I, I would say that there's a number of people who maintain an open mind and want more information. And the two pieces of information that came out of the consultations, and I believe there's one more to do, were that uh, people wanted to have more information about portability. So I think we have to, to, to do a little bit more work so that people understand how that would work. Yeah, Quebec has already figured that out. And so uh, we have to do a little bit more information gathering and dissemination on that. But the big issue is what is the actual number of the asset transfer. Um, and that is um, the federal government disputed it. And we were happy to see a couple of weeks ago that Christian Freeland agreed that she'd work with the chief actuary to do an assessment of the legislation and come up with uh, what they think is their alternative number. We went through and did the, the math. That's why we hired the life work to do the work for us. The appendix goes through and shows our work. It shows each year how much Albertans paid, how much our seniors received, what was left over, and how much it was invested at to be able to arrive at our figure. And so I'd be quite interested to see what they have as an alternative. I hope it doesn't take too long so that we can avoid unnecessary legal wrangling. But it's when we get that information that I think we'll be able to, to get a, a final picture of whether Albertans are prepared to go to a referendum on this. In the end, if Albertans don't want to go to a vote, we won't go to a vote. If it uh, is unclear and it looks like they may want it to go to a vote, we will. But Albertans will decide. And did you have a follow-up, Rick? Uh, yes. Um, so, but are you, are you confident, how confident are you that um, Albertans will come to a yes, at least to a yes in the referendum? And if there is a referendum... What would a winning vote be? Is it 50% plus one or some other number? Well, I think there's a lot of ifs there. It's a bit premature. But I would say that the, the fact that people, as they're learning more and listening to the consultation and contemplating it and seeing the writing on it, the fact that more and more people are saying, hmm, maybe this is a good idea, that suggests to me that we have to, we don't wanna, I don't want to prejudge, but uh, once we do have those uh, those two additional pieces of information for people, we'll have a better idea of whether we should go to a referendum. I think it's a bit unclear right now. People want more information, and we'll get that to them, hopefully in a matter of weeks and months as opposed to as opposed to years. But uh, the fact that the federal government has uh, agreed to, to give us that interpretation, we're happy to see that. Ultimately, it may have to go to a court to decide if, there, if the interpretation is too far apart. But we'll just let that process play out 
people will watch it and we'll continue to to get the information out there as we get it and then we'll see where where people stand at that point thank you and just really quickly here we'll take one question without a follow-up from the floor and that will conclude today thank you very much terry reed cbc national news premier a u.n climate report released this morning shows the world is headed to a temperature rise of 2.5 to 2.9 degrees above pre-industrial levels unless countries deliver more than has already been promised by 2030. In the words of Juan Antonio Guterres, the crucial aspect is the addiction to fossil fuels. It's time to establish a clear phase-down policy. You have pushed back on timelines towards net zero with the UN to date saying the world must do more. What will Alberta do to meet these urgent challenges and what will you be taking to COP next week? Well, number one, um, I hope we can all become in alignment that what we're phasing away from is emissions. We're not phasing away from the use of oil and natural gas. In fact, there's a number of investments happening in this province, like Air Products Net Zero Hydrogen Facility um, and various others uh, with the Pathways Net Zero Bitumen Project. Uh, I would say that our industry is being very responsible in realizing that they've got to make dramatic reductions in emissions while still maintaining the use of oil and natural gas for a whole variety of uses. So I think uh, if we can get on on pace with that kind of messaging, I think we'll make great progress at COP because, quite frankly, there's 2.2 billion people on the planet that don't have a secure supply of energy, that are living in grave poverty. And so we have an obligation to not only reduce emissions, but also to bring every person in the world up to our standard of living. And that's what we will uh, be advocating for. The other thing that I would hope that we could come to an agreement on is that Canada can play a role in exporting our technology, our know-how, and our cleaner LNG in order to reduce emissions from higher polluting fuels and higher emitting fuels like coal and, and wood and other fuels. So that, those, are, those are a couple of the messages. Plus, we've made dramatic increases um, or strides in reducing um, methane emissions. The, the report that came out from a couple of uh, environmental groups using old federal data was not accurate. We have reduced emissions almost to our target of 45% several years earlier than we anticipated. And uh, at COP27, uh, John Kerry was so impressed with our with our progress, he was saying, gosh, I wish we could get that same progress happening in America. So we have so much here to celebrate, and I'm going to make sure that uh, I'm there to tell the Alberta story. You may not be surprised that I don't think Environment Minister Stephen Gibault is necessarily the best advocate for Alberta's position and Alberta's interests. So I'm looking forward to being there. Perfect. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. That will conclude today's press conference. Thank you.